Now this next story is a celebration to people who mean what they say and who say what they mean. Love you, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Yuri and I met through a friend of mine. He came home on leave. He had just returned from Afghanistan. So he was home for 10 days. I don't know, we kind of just hit it off the first night and we were just hanging out and talking and we stayed over, but not like anything. <laughs> not like, not like that. I was on the couch. The next day then I left and then Yuri called me and was like, you know, like, I don't know, there's just something about you that I can't stop thinking about and I really like you and I want you to come back. <laughs> so it was instant and I felt the same way. So I drove over there and hung out with him for practically the whole week that he was here. I would go down to visit him. Yuri was a bit of a practical joke person. He always thought he was being funny. And one time I called him after I got off the plane. He's like, oh, that's today? And I'm like, how could he forget about me? I go to walk outside and he's standing there and he's got flowers in his hands. And I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I would say I visited him about a total of like 20 days probably. But when we weren't together, we were on the phone four to five hours a day, <laughs> wow. just talking to each other. And the last time I went out there was January for my birthday, January 20th. And then on the 23rd, he asked me to marry him. After Are you, <laughs> after 20 days? After three months. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you said? I said yes. <laughs> I was not thrilled. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just thought it was a little soon. My name is Debbie Pirog. I am the mother of Amy. What sealed the bargain for me was at 1 o'clock in the morning, Amy, Yuri, and I went bowling. And I thought any guy who would take his future mother-in-law bowling <laughs> at 1 in the morning, he was okay by me. <laughs> he found out that he had to go back to Iraq. Like, I knew it meant he was going to war, but I didn't know what it meant for us. So this is the box with all the love letters? Yeah, it has everything in it. I wrote him more letters, and I never let him forget it. <laughs> so do you go through the box often? Mm, not really. I, it kind of makes me sad, usually. I'm uh, Matt Housen, and I was Marines with Jerry, 2nd Lab Battalion. We hung out a lot talk, you know. He would talk about Amy. So he was a diesel mechanic. He was one of the top mechanics in our battalion. So he worked on the seven tons and the Humvees. Uh, he would go out on convoys and when a vehicle would go down, he would have to go try to either fix the vehicle or tow the vehicle. So that was in the middle of Iraq, so. It was dangerous. Seven months. Seven long, very, very long months. <laughs> When he came home, I was there to see him get off the bus. You know, at that moment, our life was perfect. <laughs> One night, he just woke up and he just wasn't feeling good. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and the pain was so bad, he was bent over. And so his friend took him to the emergency room on base. 
I was the one who actually ended up taking him to the hospital. And then that's where they figured out that his appendix had started to rupture. They told me what was wrong. So he's like, oh yeah, something's gonna happen. In and out of here in no time. That's what he told me. His friend called me and said, something happened and and I'm like, okay, this isn't funny because Yuri would mess with me all the time. They're like, no, 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 we're not joking, I'm serious. The doctor said, you have to come down here. You need to make some decisions. We flew down there. You know, I see this guy laying there, swollen, with tubes coming out of his mouth. And when you look closer, then you saw that they had to cut his throat open to get him to breathe. And it turned out that it was in post-op a nurse anesthetist in training pulled the breathing tube without a doctor present. When she did that, he had a laryngeospasm, which is basically a swelling of your throat. And I'm Larry Pirog, father of Amy. You know, Amy called and she was saying that he could be brain dead because of the lack of oxygen. And they think he was without oxygen for 10 minutes. And she said, well, that's not, that's not real long, is it? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that's pretty bad. But, you know, you do anything to just kind of make her feel good and, you know, basically lied to her and said, no, no, I think that's still okay. The neurologist said that they gave him a death sentence, said he would never wake up. He was in a coma, so it seemed like forever. Yeah, it seemed like forever. The first, very, very first thing that we noticed was when the nurse turned on the light, he flinched. We had the radio on one day and I think it was like, In My Father's Eyes came on. That song always made him cry. And all of a sudden we look over and there's like tears coming out of his eyes. He was unconscious for a total of three months. When he first woke up, he couldn't move. He couldn't see anything. He couldn't talk. He had severe tone and spasticity, which is really, really tight, rigid muscles. So his arms were bent at 90 degrees and his fists were kind of into his chest. Everything happened in 2006. Yuri was injured. His father died in a car accident. He lost his mom who committed suicide. Then his brother went to jail. He was gone for two years. So he pretty much lost his whole family and his independence within one year. He's only 22 and I was 19. She's quite young to take on the responsibility. I just said, well, I'm here however long you need me, and we'll just, you know, do whatever I had to do and be there for her and for Yuri. So he moved in with us with a hospital bed, <laughs> and that was it. Because it's our kid, you know, and, and she loves this guy, and, you know, he's now part of the family, you know, whether he likes it or not, he's part of the family. <laughs> I think the hardest part was just watching Amy and how tired she was. It was more like, okay, well, we'll get him back. We'll get him back walking and talking. It's, you know, they can fix it here. I don't think I really fully understood the extent of his injury until I was the one that was taking care of him. And that clinking sound is Yuri throwing his brake extender <laughs> as far as he can. <laughs> He'll throw his wheelchair part and just laugh hysterically because he knows eventually I have to pick it up because it'll bother me. He'll just smile and I'll know he'll, he's thinking of something to say. <laughs>
I don't know what it is, but I know it's some smart-ass remark. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if I fell apart, then he would fall apart too. How many more times can you be kicked down before you can't get back up again? You know, and I just kind of just started doing stuff. I started looking online for new alternative therapies for him. So once we started kind of breaking out, meeting people, we realized that, oh, people do care. They just, you know, they just didn't know. They did adaptive skiing for him. Tell you what, Yuri, the slopes look good right now. After these three, you are clear to go. Get him, Yuri. I'm like watching, and there's this guy coming down the hill, like really fast, on a sit ski. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that guy's crazy. And my dad's like, that's Yuri. Nice, we got. Very nice. Nice. And Amy's always found other ways to get the things that Yuri needs, like these hyperbaric treatments and therapy, which lets him remember how to walk. Calm down and think about where your feet are. There you go. No rush, no rush. Mm -hmm. Get back. You used to need a lot of help getting those feet untangled. Yeah. Good. 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 Basically, the way we communicate now is through yes-no questions. I'm very good at trying to decipher what he's talking about. Because if you think, you know, like, what? The robotic? The song? You? You're awesome? Robocop? Your legs. I want the Snapple. It's a Dynavox. Snapple. He has different categories that he goes to, and he can tell me if he has to go to the bathroom, or if he wants something to drink, or if he loves me, or if he's angry. Yeah, he has a square page. So usually whenever he walks into a waiting room, you start hearing what he really feels. I want the We got married um, December 20th of 2006. I wanted him to know that I wasn't going to leave him and that we were going to do this together and he wanted to marry me because he loved me. <laughs> Life is not how I pictured it, but you just have to accept it for what it is. <laughs> Ow! Give me my armband. <laughs> give it back. If I let you lay down on the couch, will you give me my arm back? <laughs> okay. Give it back then. I'll let you lay on the couch. Thank you. <laughs> we have a connection that I've never felt before. And it's like, if he feels pain, I feel pain. If he's happy, I'm happy. Even before this, I loved his personality. I loved how he treated me and talked to me. And now I just, I just love him overall. I love him for overcoming this and for continuing to fight. You know, I just love, I love everything about him. I love you, honey. You're cute. Amy and Yuri were recently able to move out of her parents' living room and into their very own fully furnished home. Her relationships with foundations, the VA, and her community have helped Yuri get all kinds of help, from chiropractic care to a new van. 
Amy regularly uploads videos on YouTube about Yuri's progress, and we're going to have a link on our site so you can check it out for yourself. The story was produced by our own Miss Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.